Welcome to the Here to Be podcast, a show that gives you full permission to be, to just be you. I'm your host, Megan, a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator and embodiment coach, empowering you to stop looking outside of yourself for the answers and to lead from your inner wisdom. We're going to get real, we're going to get raw, and probably a little woo-woo. I'm so glad you're here to come with. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for being at the Here to Be podcast and just tuning in and dropping in. So appreciate you so, so much. Mm. Just feeling into all of that right now and feeling also into the excitement that I have as I record this from just having a conversation with today's guest, Emmy McConico. Emmy is. I gush about her so much in the podcast, so I'll save that for your listening pleasure. I won't, I won't do it twice, but Emmy is a soul that I am so fortunate to have met, to get to call a friend, to get to call a soul sister. We were able to connect through some mutual friends and it just was such an instant space of feeling safe and feeling heard and just you can see why as you listen to this way, people are just so drawn and attracted to her presence. It's beautiful. And thankfully I've gotten to have really wonderful conversations with Emmy. She attended the Align Retreat in October and I got to spend some more time with her. So there's just been these crossings and I've gotten to speak on her podcast, which was such an honor. So to be here and to share this conversation with you feels so right and it feels so present. We talk about honestly, what the intention of this podcast, as I have pivoted it, what the intention of this podcast was meant to be. As we talk about maneuvering and figuring out and being with and trying to understand and trying not to understand what it is to be human. We didn't really have necessarily a set structure for this conversation, but as soon as Emmy said those words in the interview, I was like, yes, this, this is it. How are we maneuvering through human school? How are we figuring this path and this journey out and not necessarily figuring it out, but how are we embodying it? How are we living it? How are we being with it and and not getting so caught up in the doing, but just the experiencing and and the parts of being and and the crunchy parts of that as well, not just the living the life to the fullest and being in the fullest expression and extent of that. But what do we do when there is grief surrounding what was supposed to be? What do we do when there is anxiousness or there is confusion or the path isn't clear when we don't know what the next best step is? And it's just truthfully to people having a conversation, working through what it is to be human. Open up your hearts, open up your ears, and take in the wisdom that is Emmy. I'm excited to be sharing this space today with one of the souls that just makes me soften and melt every time I get to see her, get a cat meme from her on Instagram, get a astrology meme from her on Instagram, get text messages, all of the good things. And today I get to share this space with Emmy. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. 
we should have been recording, I think, our conversation for the last 15 minutes of you mm -hmm. and I having <laughs> conversation for people to get a real behind the look at what does it look like when these two converse in real life. But um, really, as we were talking and we were kind of riffing a little bit back and forth, this, this idea came up of what do we do? How, how do we be? when there's uncertainty on that table, when there is a question of, I don't really know what the next step is, or I have an idea of maybe what the, the far vision is, but what do I do between those two places? And so I would love for us to dive into that. And first for you though, just to share something that feels good to share about you. Whatever is on your heart or your mind that you want someone to know about Emmy. Mm, thank you. Thanks for having me. I the first thing that comes up that feels really good is I have been in this space of feeling like what is it to be human and experiencing being a human and for me, it's been really, really hard to try to put myself in a box in my entire life of like, where do I fit in and where do I belong? And I think that's ultimately a lot of people's question about life and about themselves. And so I just want other people to know, like my mission in life is for other people to understand that they're not alone and that we all have these feelings of where do I belong? Where do I fit in? What am I supposed to be doing? And so that's kind of why I really like the topic of today as well is what is the next step when I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or when I feel blocked? Because that's like been such a theme of mine for the last few years of just like getting out into life and like trying to figure out where the hell am I supposed to be? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And that's uh, the, just that idea of like, I don't know, what is it to be a human? No one, no one handed me the, the resource guide or the handbook of human school when I got here. Like I'm still waiting for it. And that <laughs> would be really nice to give me this plan and this agenda, but what I just appreciate so much about you, one of the many things that I appreciate about you, Emmy, is your, your candidness and your vulnerability to say, I, I'm, I'm still figuring that out, what that means to be a human. And some days feel more stable than others. And some days I question that more than others, but that the way that you share that and the with with awesome with authenticity and with just the depth that you do is just the permission that I think other people need and crave and desire to have of hey guess what I don't really either yeah 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 it's it's so interesting because I feel like I some days I truly know like what am I supposed to be doing here and so many times I've come back to the realization that just being who I am is enough and just being in this human body even if I don't 
even if it's not the way I thought it was supposed to be, I'm still serving a purpose. And on days that I don't feel I'm serving a purpose, I just come back to I'm me and this is who I am. Even if I'm not making a million dollars in as a life coach a year or whatever that vision that I thought would be years ago, um, A, it doesn't mean it would never happen. And B, it doesn't mean that I'm not serving my own purpose here in this moment in time. What has it been like for you to grieve the things that we thought should be? Mm. That has been the trickiest grief space that I've been in is to hold space Mm. and allow the feelings of what I need to feel around everything that just like that's not what it was supposed to be yeah yeah that's a really good question and I think it's one that we all feel and maybe to some intensity for me more than someone else but for me to grieve that has been learning to not fight it and learning to really lean into you know, kind of, I just get this image in my mind of like me kind of throwing a temper tantrum of like, it, it isn't supposed to like be this way. Like, and instead of regretting sitting in the feeling of regret of like, why did I make that decision and like do that thing? And I should have done this so that like, then I could be here. But the thing is, we don't actually even know, like we just don't actually know what would have happened had we followed that plan. Like it could have been something insanely worse or like more chaotic than the path we ended up on. And I always think of this, this thing that my choir teacher told me in high school, like we were, we were, we went to Italy for a, a choir trip to sing and um, we sang in the Vatican, but she our flight got moved and she was just like, we were all like, you know, really upset. Cause I think we missed a few days of the trip or, or something like that. And um, she was like, just imagine like, what if that flight had something had happened, you know? And um, it's actually a good thing that we missed the flight and it just got delayed. So just because things don't happen the way we think they're supposed to happen, we don't know that that's necessarily the worst possible outcome, you know, and we always have things to learn from the path that we're on. And one thing that I I faced um, was, well, I moved across the country by myself a year and a half ago. And I was in like a relationship with a guy that I really, really liked. And I, I still really respect and some days I'm like, why did I leave and like leave that relationship that was so comfortable and could have, my life could have looked entirely different than it does. And I just have to lean into this knowing that, you know, sort of my higher self had a bigger vision for me. Mm-hmm. And just even if worst possible scenario is that I made the wrong decision and I, want to, you know, go back or, or whatever, um, 
and that relationship and that place no longer feel like home either, which is kind of the space I've been in, is I still learned so much more on this new path than I would have learned, you know, staying safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is that, right? Like you said, like the not the fighting it. And I think it's, I've never really thought about it this way, but it makes so much sense of how our mind goes and our feelings go to, this is the worst case scenario when it's not leaving space or curiosity, even for, it's okay that I don't like this. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that this is, this feels good if it doesn't feel good, but gosh, what else gets to come from this? Think about the possibility of what this gets to bring. This path Mm -hmm. gets to be like, I always tell the breathwork students as they start, and I've never really thought about it to use it in this scenario, but whatever, whatever comes at the end of this journey. And I'm, I'm very specifically talking about like their six month journey, but Mm -hmm. it like in a broader picture, whatever comes at that journey is going to be so much bigger and better than you even can imagine now. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And I just think, did you see uh, the documentary Stutz yet Mm -hmm. on Netflix? Um, It's Jonah Hill makes a documentary on his therapist. Um, It's amazing. I'm probably going to watch it again today because it's just so good. But he talks about, um, let me see, I have like written it down, but he basically says that, yeah, Um, his therapist calls it the perfect snapshot and the perfect snapshot is the picture in our minds that we have of like what our life's supposed to look like and he kind of talks through realizing that it's sort of um, just this illusion that we get sucked into so it makes you where you can't ever feel happy with the life that you have Mm. yeah I mean, all of this is just like so loud in my head and, and swirling and playing. And it's so loud in my head is very truthful, like very much playing in my body as receiving that is true. And, and a space that you give me so much to reflect on so I can self-examine in myself. Mm -hmm. And I know the listeners in there as well, because it's, that's it. How are we being okay with truthfully accepting where we're at not saying not lying to ourselves and saying that we do but for you how has that been to start to let your body believe that to be true when your mind is telling you that it's not because I want to (laughs) know can you tell me so I can do it I feel like one thing that I'm really really working on is and when I say like to be human is to learn to not live in my head and believe all the stories that my mind is telling me and to feel what the body is really feeling. Because so often, and this is true for most forms of therapy, but um, I suffer from panic attacks. So one of the things that they say is um, the panic attacks are, are actually started in the mind which obviously they are but your body is following the cues but of it your doesn't mind. feel that way right like yes no, like we cognitively know that but that's mm-hmm. not where my panic is felt is in mm-hmm. my mind like to me it starts 
right, um, right around my heart, mm-hmm. right between my breastbone and my heart. So like, yeah. to me, that's where that starts. So like, yeah, yeah. Like that reminder, like it does start in our mind. And then, yeah, actually the first time I heard that, I didn't believe it. I was like, that's not true because my body just starts breaking out. Mm-hmm. And they say you have to find the root thought that started before all of this, the feelings in the body. So it's not like you're trying to, f- to make it go away. Um, it's just being the observer of the thought that ticked off the cue in your body to feel like it couldn't breathe. Like for me, it like starts more in my solar plexus where it feels like it's on fire is what it feels like. And then slowly, like my lungs feel, feel paralyzed and then my throat. And then I like basically get frozen. And, um, so for me, the thought it could be anything and they're very quick thoughts. So I have to be quite, it's, it's just a practice of learning to observe the thoughts and that's like much easier said than done though. I'm still very much. Absolutely. Yeah. With learning that process of, okay, what was the thought? And it's not so much analyzing. Um, Cause I'm an over analyzer for sure, but um, just observing like, okay, with curiosity, what was the thought that brought that up in my body um and usually it's so many thoughts like my mind's going at such a high speed that the one thing that can really really help settle me down is just laying on the floor and like grounding and like allowing my body to like feel the earth and um my therapist one time told me to like just physically like surrender to the panic attack and it sounds like easier said than done, but when you do just kind of like lay on the ground, it's, it's pretty beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can allow yourself to like feel what you're feeling in your body. And I don't know if that answers your question. I think that's perfect. It, it's exactly what it is, right? Like it's the, that curiosity and that awareness and the way that you were speaking about that is speaking about it from that lens, like from the lens of the observer versus being so immediately in the situation, which of course, yes, as we talk about this right now, that's a whole lot easier said than done. Like I can cognitively, rationally, emotionally, energetically talk about that scenario from a grounded, stable space, because I'm not actively experiencing that. That's different. And with time, with practice, Mm -hmm. with returning to those, because it is a practice, like you said, like it's a, it's in, in the progress of sitting with my thoughts more of observing that of actively witnessing versus participating all the time. It, it is something that mm-hmm. takes unfortunately time mm-hmm. and commitment and energy to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another helpful thing was like when I was reading a book on this and they were saying that like, you can't be in two States at once. So if you can, get your mind focused on something like counting. Like I, I just like to count like one to a hundred, like one, two, three, four, and then see how far I can get before a thought takes me away from counting. Mm -hmm. And usually that will get me out of any sort of panic response. Um, Like 
if I'm driving or, or anything like that. I have to look it up, but I can't remember the exact time frame. but it was um, how our body starts the panic response. I think mm. it was like 60 to 90 minutes. I'll have to look and double check that. Um, or maybe it was like 30 to 60 minutes, but it was a pretty substantial amount of time. It's, it's starting that response before cognitively we notice it before physically we like really to the depths of it feel it um depending on how how present we can be with self and in tune we can be with self or are with self in that moment and so then it is having more established ways of counting of breathing of even noticing your breath maybe that was it i think it was our breath shifts um about 30 to 90 minutes before that so it's when you start to get really accustomed to hey, that's an intrusive thought, or hey, I think my breath started to shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. You then can take those active measures to de-escalate that situation. So it isn't, I'm on the freeway in my car, which I have been, and I'm having a fucking panic attack. Yeah. Now what? Mm -hmm. Now what? Yeah. So box breathing has been helpful, but I also was going to ask you, I had a question about a certain breath pattern. What is the one that, isn't there a breath, maybe I'm making this up. Isn't there a breath pattern where you hold a nostril? Alternate nose breathing. Yeah, that one, whatever, it really helps. When we do alternate nose breathing, we're using our right brain, our left brain, our right brain, our left brain. And so there's a lot with um, when we're starting to feel anxiousness or panic, if we get that bilateral movement in, it's a big piece of EMDR therapy. Mm. It's, you can even hold something in your hand and move it from right to left. And you're kind of just realigning that like chaotic fragmented, really altered state of your brain. And so, yeah, so that alternate nose breathing is the same thing. I'm bilaterally moving from one side to the other. And then we're adding our breath. So we're intensifying and deepening and, and calming the nervous system with that pathway as well. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like this, I think I learned this one before. Mm-hmm. And these are the things too, that I love that we get to share the way that you're sharing and the way that you're talking about this and, and, and these avenues that we have of, these are these practices that we can start to have in play. We can, we can have them in our back pocket to use them or use them throughout the day versus just heavily relying on, I'm going to process this when the one time a week or every other week where I sit with my therapist or I sit with my practitioner or my energy worker, whoever it is, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to rely on a a, a pharmaceutical to aid in that, Mm -hmm. that they're great. All of those things are great. All of those things can play a tool but we also, it's a way that I felt an empowering space of, oh, I actually can do some of this to help in that whole, be a piece of the puzzle as well. Yeah. 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 I like to think of like Bob the Builder and I'm just like getting new tools. <laughs> I love that visual. Um, and when we talk about then, okay, so then there is this space of, I'm still not sure of what comes next. Mm-hmm as we walk that path, or I don't know what the next best thing is. I know ultimately the way that I want people to feel. I know ultimately what like the major theme I want to have surrounding me, but what has that journey been like for you to 
be in a part of questioning, be in a part of, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So another thing in that documentary that I really resonated with was um, he talks about the three things that are always constant in life and it's pain, uncertainty, and um, hard work and that are always constant. So you can take the heart out of work, but we're always, mm -hmm. you know, working on something. Um, but uncertainty, and I was, uncertainty is something that has been really difficult for me in my life and has really thrown a wrench in, you know, how I want things to look. And so when I feel stuck in what is next, what is the next step? Um, really leaning into community and connection when I don't feel that I can self-regulate, like really reaching out to someone that I know can help me to at least feel held. Um, and have that container that I can kind of co-regulate with that person. Hmm. Yeah. Oof. Because feeling uncertain and alone mm -hmm. is a different depth. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, is a worse depth than feeling uncertain and being held and supported in it. Mm -hmm. They still will suck. It's still the same thing, ultimately like same feeling, but when it's support or not support, mm -hmm. And every time it's support and that's, and, and that co-regulation, I'm so glad that you used that. And that's a space of, that's how we're meant to be. When I can't find a feeling, when I can't find a sensation, if I'm being support, if I'm being held, if somebody's creating a container for me, or they're supporting me in that, if they have a little sliver of that vibration in them, my body remembers that and it goes to that and it can start to stabilize in that. That's how we stabilize when we're being supported yeah. is somebody holding the other vibration that we're seeking. And we begin to move towards that and feel a little bit of settling. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't fix the quote unquote, the problem. But if we're more stabilized in that, if we're more regulated in that, we can make decisions. We can take action. We can feel more comfortable with sitting with inaction or not having a decision as well. Yeah. We're primal beings. So I think that at least for me, a lot of times I feel like I'm being codependent or it's that that's a story, but I'm codependent if I'm reaching for someone else. But I think if you're, if you have the intention of reaching out because you need to be held in a space like even you know say it's like breath work or um, a therapy session or just talking to a friend or a feeler or something like that they're all it's because we're primal beings and that's how we're meant to be we're not supposed to do it all by ourselves mm -hmm. so for me overriding the story that that's being codependent or whatever because yeah. I mean, yes, codependency also exists, but if, if you're in a hard kind of patch of like, I don't know what to do next, you know, just having someone hold that container is very helpful. Mm -hmm. 
because codependency is so real. And I also am very real and I can identify with a lot of those parts of being codependent um, in different people and ways and, and, and places of my life. But what I don't think is, I think that right now, especially codependency is a very popular phrase. It's a very popular mm-hmm. term. It's very buzzwordy and rightfully so. Yeah. I think the majority of us have levels of codependency. But what I think then gets lost in the conversation is what is what is the healthy counter to that? I think people are talking about it, but not as many. What is the healthy counter of codependency? It's not intradependency. It's not being alone. It's intradependent. Mm-hmm. It is, I can be co-regulated. I can be in that interdynamic relationship with mm-hmm. someone or something. And I'm not hyper-independent in doing that. Right. Yeah. I love that intradependent. And that's are, I, like you said, we're yeah. primal beings. We're intradependent. I I can't be here in existence without other people. And that could even be the people that are stocking the grocery on the shelves. That can yeah. be the people that are making electricity in my home. Like we need other people yeah. to varying levels and varying degrees. We we just do. Yeah. Sometimes I ask myself because sometimes I'm very, um, what's the word? Like, I love like physical connection, right? Like hugs and like, but sometimes I have like a aversion to it. That's the word I was looking for. And, um, I wonder sometimes like, what is that? And sometimes I think it's almost like because I'm listening to uh, Francis Weller's um, shame stuff right now. And he so talks about, good. yeah, it's, it's so good. Uh, so Tracy, good. Tracy told me to do it. And so, so good. it's amazing. But I was thinking, um, I think when I'm having that aversion, it's because it's triggering this like sadness of like, I never received that in, in this instance of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the aversion's coming from is not really wanting to dig into like, why do I long for that touch? Um, and it could just be like a hug or whatever. Um, but really seeing that my aversion to physical touch is sometimes because um, I didn't receive that in childhood in certain instances, or it was by a caregiver that was very, um, cold than hot than cold than hot and so it made me just like not want any of it if that makes sense of course we're going to self-protect right like the body is going to self-protect if that knew that it was an unstable space to be we're going to create aversions to that because that's the way that our body communicates like oh no I don't want that no thanks yeah it's why after you eat something and then get sick I'm like I'm good with eating that for a while. Like I'm great because my body created that aversion to, or my mind, whatever, like whatever Mm -hmm. that is, but regardless, Mm -hmm. like it's a safety mechanism of like, Mm -hmm. I'm okay without that right now. Yeah. And I think then it's witnessing yourself in that and it's starting to coming full circle to what you shared in the beginning. It's, you know, it's coming with a curiosity. It's coming with a lens of, Hey, hmm, I see this pattern coming up in these ways. I wonder why Mm. I see this happening in this way. Like, hmm, I wonder why. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
having the curiosity about it. Um, curiosity is one that I'm trying to strengthen in myself of like, um, because I'm pretty quick to judge or myself. Um, and so when I'm like, oh, curiosity is an option, like, instead of like being like, you should have done that. Yep. Why, why did I feel like I needed to do that in that moment or um, do the thing that I know wasn't good for me or say the thing that I know I didn't want to say, but I said, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just that like childlike wonder. It's like that childlike mentality that, that I think gets drawn out of us so much. It's why little kids ask all the time, why? I just want to know. I just want to examine it. It doesn't really mean anything good or bad. It's just like, huh, I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. I could jam with you forever on all of the things. Mm, Same. I just feel like we hopped around. Thank you. We did. And that's exactly what it was at this flow. This, right? Like this podcast is the exact, um, this can be my barometer that I can come back to is when there was a plan that we had at the beginning Mm -hmm. that didn't feel right that we said, okay, let's pivot and let's talk about this thing. Right. Like, and then that thing spun into a bunch of different tangents, Mm -hmm. but neither one of us felt overly attached to this one thing. It was just like, cool, we're here now. Let's, let's get curious. Let's see where this path goes and let's see where this path goes. And that is, that's that flow state, right? Like that's the definition of all of what we were just speaking into is we weren't overly attached to the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. We weren't holding white knuckling, gripping, fighting for something that was the plan. So it had to be, this got to be the conversation that people were meant to hear mm-hmm. because we just riffed on shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. Ugh. I adore you so deeply. Um, where can people find you? Where, where's a good directing hub? Um, probably my Instagram, which is Emily human design. I haven't changed. I don't even know if I've changed my name on there. (laughs) Doesn't matter. We're unattached, but I have, um, my predominant way of contact would be Instagram. Yeah. Just Emily human design. Um, or you can search Emmy. E-M-M-Y, McConico is my last name, M-C-C-O-N-N-I-C-O. And I'm on Facebook as well. Facebook, she has a podcast. Mm -hmm. There's all the good stuff. Yeah, so we'll link it in the show notes and have people directed right to you to just sip into a safe space to land because that's really truly what you are to me and what I've witnessed you being everyone that Emmy comes in contact with that's exactly what she shows up for somebody. And whether she has met them for five seconds, as it was with me, when we first met, she was like, mm-hmm. pop in my car, I'm picking you up from the airport and let's be best <laughs> friends. And like, tell me all about, it. it was just like the most comfortable space. And the way that I got to witness you interact with friends and with the women on the retreat and people that you don't know when you just speak into, like you're just this magnetic force that people go to because you are that warm, soft, cozy space. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that with everyone here today. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am for you and that you get to be on this journey with me and we're here together on this wild, this wild ride. If there's something in this episode that landed with you, share it on Instagram, share it with a friend, tag me in and I want to know, I want to hear about it. I love in the ways that we get to connect. And if you feel called, you can head over and rate and review this podcast. It helps us to grow and share and have other like-minded souls join this community and rise together. Sending you light and love always.